It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits not afraid. I have a fatigue, listen to yourself, the world, with its own needs. Something in your own head, beat it up, and I've seen got no sheets. The ladder from the platter with the fear fight down, like fire in a fire, with the system of the gang, and the government for hiring the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, leave the jury, beat it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the Hour of Doom. And Bloom. That's right, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, a time of tranquility in a tumultuous world. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 700 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. I'm a codger, it's true. No, you're not. It is, I'm an old codger, <laughs> but I've got a calling, and that's to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. Well, I think that is a wonderful calling. And well, thank I, you. And I'm going right along with you, sweetie. Amy Alton here, also known as Nurse Amy. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. The hostess with the mostest. Together we are the watchers on the wall. We watch it all for you to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart. Friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident <laughs> with a mysterious muskrat? Our attorney says, don't call me. Call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. That's right. Don't listen to or admit to listening to anything that we say, but I'll bet that some of this stuff makes sense to you in your heart of hearts. Absolutely. Hey, do you have a pearl of wisdom in that oyster of yours? Well, share it with the rest of the clams. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Oyster and clams. We're at, we're I get share it. it with the rest of the I class. The clams. <laughs> Very funny. We admit it. it. We learn as much from you as you do from us. So send us a note. It's easy. Here's Nurse Amy to tell you how. Absolutely. Contact us anytime if you've got comments or questions or suggestions to drbonespodcast at AOL.com. You can find us on Facebook at our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have Facebook pages, Doom and Bloom, and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. You can follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. And don't forget our YouTube channel, 
Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy, and our video cast. Last but not least. First and third Wednesday of every month at AroundTheCabin.com. And I especially want to thank the Prepper Broadcasting Network for featuring us as their sponsors of the month. Oh, really? We're yes. sponsors of the month. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's awesome. Thank well, you so much, Glenn. You're awesome. Uh, we appreciate Happy that. holidays. We, and we appreciate... <laughs> and Merry Christmas, right. of course. <laughs> and we appreciate all our networks that carry our show, the USA Emergency Broadcasting Network, Shake and Wake Radio, and Survival Central Radio. That's right. Well, there's always good news and bad news in the... News, so <laughs> news, news, news. That's true. Right? It's, sometimes it's gray, but a lot of times it's either really good or, or really, really horrible. Yeah. Now, I have some great news to start off with. We'll good. start off with the Yay. good news first. And if you're worried about keeping your smartphone clean, Japanese company Kyocera uh-huh. may have the answer. They have a new phone called the Digno Rafray, which is the world's first what a name. Well, world's first smartphone with resistance against foaming hand soap. So there's no... What? So you can wash your soap, your uh, phone now, if you so desire. No word as to whether the phone will handle a dunk in the pool, but you can give it a good scrub and you get those nasty selfie germs off it. What? Unfortunately, <laughs> Unfortunately, U.S. consumers dying to get their hands on a new super clean phone are going to be a little disappointed. It's only available in the Japanese market. But mm. how about that? So more reasons to use a cell phone. You don't have to worry about it falling in the water, I guess, <laughs> anymore. It's pretty amazing. Well, there, there are expensive cell phone covers that make a phone waterproof. Are there? I ah. ha- yeah, I had one. The only problem is um, it makes it a little bit bulkier and... Um, it wasn't so easy to plug the charger in because you have to flip this latch down because obviously the, especially where the battery plug is, is a straight invitation entrance into the vital parts of your phone. Right, right. You get liquid in there, you're in deep trouble. So you had to flip down this little lever area and plug your phone in. It just became a pain to me, so I took it off. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit. Of course, now I have a cracked screen. Oh. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, on every life, a little rain must fall. It's all right. I, I deal with it. I don't like, care. You know, we had just put together an article for Survivalist Magazine on antibiotic-resistant superbugs. And so many new ones come up on a regular basis that the article is outdated already. A, a particularly dangerous new superbug is now being called the Phantom Menace by scientists. It's on the rise in the U.S. Okay, wait, that sounds like some super villain. Yeah, it was like a Star Wars and movie a title. Yes. Well, I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> this superbug belongs to the family of bacteria known as CRE, also known as carbapenin resistant Enteroba right, Enterobacteriaceae bacteria C. Wow. I mean, it's that almost impossible to pronounce. That is such a mouthful. Well, let's call it CRE. That sounds good. Right. Uh, this particular strain is difficult to treat because this particular strain of CRE is, is resistant to most antibiotics. It's often deadly in some cases. It's killed up to 50% of patients who have become infected, according to the CDC. Wow, that's a high rate. That's right. Shh. I mean, CRE is considered, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, among the country's most urgent public health threats. Mm. Now, the target of Thursday's report is relatively new. Unlike the more common types of CRE, this new strain of bacteria carries a mobile piece of DNA that degrades antibiotics 
before they can kill the bug. Oh, my gosh. So it's like it has a phaser and it kills the antibiotics before they can kill it. Now, that in and of itself is not the only thing. Mm -hmm. These bacteria are particularly dangerous because of their ability to transfer that gene Uh and that antibiotic resistance to normal bacteria that are naturally present in our bodies. (gasps) So that our own... Bacteria can become mutated. And become resistant to antibiotics and essentially cause all sorts of trouble. This strain of CRE hasn't been a frequent focus of testing. It's been largely uh, ignored ignored and hidden Uh from detection by health officials. And that's why they call it the phantom menace. It's a a tricky drug-resistant bacteria. It's not easily found. That's according to the director of the CDC. Mm -hmm. And he says what we're seeing is an assault by the microbes on some of the last bastion of antibiotics, antibiotics of last resort. Now, bacteria develop resistance in a couple of ways. Many evolve their own genome, their DNA, in ways that deactivate antibiotics, just like CRE is doing. Although that ability can't be shared with other disease-causing organisms that are outside their own family. But now we're finding that these bacteria mm-hmm. wind up get, could be wind up getting infected with a particle of DNA carrying the resistance genes, and they can jump to other families of bacteria and develop resistance without having to go through a whole big evolutionary wow. process to do so. Now... In a related development that's also pretty alarming, Mm -hmm. Danish researchers announced Thursday that a similarly dangerous new superbug gene was discovered in China a couple of weeks ago, and recently, even more recently, that has been found in bacteria that infected somebody in Denmark. So according to a study published in Lancet's uh, Infectious Disease Journal, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty famous British medical journal, A gene dubbed MCR1 is becoming more common in bacteria, especially that found in China. Researchers tested uh, pigs in a slaughterhouse and raw meat from markets Mm -hmm. to see if the gene existed. And they found MCR1 in 20% of the sampled pigs, 15% of the sampled meat. And it's been coming in increasing abundance from year to year. We have to remember that more than 70 to 80 percent of antibiotics are given to livestock. Right. Many new cases of resistance come from animals, and this is basically what seems to be happening here. Uh, the gene was also found in E. coli, which, by the way, was found in three more states. Uh, uh, was this the celery-related? Uh, no, this one is a chain of restaurants uh, called Chipotle. Uh, oh, they found it in three again? more in three more states. They found that, but they did find I that was over. And then they found I know they're still uh, investigating it. Wow! And plus, they uh, there is celery that they found all over the country that had E. coli as well. And they actually had to take 155,000 food items off the market, including uh, uh, some of uh, Starbucks signature sandwiches that you can get at I their think, counter. I think you said something about chicken salad in yes. Publix, chicken too. Chicken sa- salad in Costco. Oh, Costco. Right. Pu- uh, We've had that before. Yep. Starbucks, uh, turkey panini, I, I think, and all sorts of, of stuff have it. And, and Gr- Grow your own celery, folks. Right. <laughs> I, in, uh, you're doing it takes it. a long yeah. time, yeah, but 
It takes a while. <laughs> in China, the gene was also found in E. coli. It was found in Klebsiella uh, pneumonia mm -hmm. uh, bacterial samples. And uh, those were taken from patients in Chinese hospitals. So there are actually, it exists in Chinese hospitals. I don't know if they were there for that reason, mm -hmm. but it's there. So the results are troubling, but they're not surprising. You know, we're right in the middle, and nobody knows this, of World Antibiotic Awareness Week, which is a campaign by the World Health Organization to convince the public to treat antibiotics as a, a precious and depleting resource. And well, it's true, they are. They are, absolutely. By the way, this is December 5th, 2015, in case someone's listening to this in the future. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Antibiotic-resistant bacteria has been implicated in 700,000 deaths a year worldwide, and some estimate that the death toll could skyrocket to 10 million a year in the next three decades if trends continue. Bottom line, the more antibiotics used, the more bacteria are exposed to them, the more they have the chance to evolve resistance to them. If it doesn't kill them, it makes them stronger. If we don't conserve our antibiotic usage, we're going to run out of antibiotics to actually work in times of trouble when we'll actually need them to deal with a lot of issues. So that, I think, is important. And speaking a little bit about mm -hmm. dealing with bacteria and antibiotics and stuff like that, I've also often asked by people whether they should stockpile antibacterial soap. Now, at first thought, the thought idea of antibacterial soap seems pretty good. I mean, fewer bacteria means less chance of illness, right? I yeah. mean, germs are yucky, so that makes a lot of sense. Now, but even if you consider that, and by the way, a lot of the bacteria you do interact with it actually is health healthy for you. Right. The truth of the matter is that many antibacterial soaps <clears throat> don't really do the job and may have... Uh, antibiotic or antibacterial uh, ingredients that are unhealthy for you. And one case in point is something called triclosan. Right. Triclosan. Now, a new study in the Journal of Antimicrobial Chemotherapy, blah, uh, try that, <laughs> that, was a try that a few times, uh, found I'm that... Not, I'm not even going to attempt <laughs> that one, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it found that under normal hand-washing conditions, antibacterial soap wasn't any better at killing germs than regular soap. Why? Why? I know why. Why? Because it's the action of the movement of your hands that remove the bacteria. It's a it's a motion. It's your you're scrubbing it off when you're moving your hands together like this. Uh -huh. I hear it. Okay. <laughs> For sound effect wise. Yes, very good. You are physically removing the bacteria and the germs and the dirt, of course. But you're not killing them with the agents that you're using. And that is also why you can have effective hand washing as with cold water that equals hot water. So you do not have to scold your hands with water while you're washing them to remove more bacteria. Cold water, tap water, cold water is just as effective as hot water. So save your energy don't waste your electricity on heating up extra water after you've washed your hands. Just use the cold water and lots and lots of action. There you go. So scrub, uh, scrub, scrub. And that and this isn't news. I mean, the you know we've known that for you know quite some time. And even with this triclosan, there was actually a a review of all the literature 
on this stuff, and they concluded the same thing. There's no better at killing germs than regular soap. Right. Uh, it does save your money. <laughs> now the funny thing is, is that triclosan is actually does actually have an antibacterial effect, mm-hmm. but only over time. If it can sit on a surface for several hours, right, it's great. So if you wash your hands for a few hours at a time, <laughs> it might be a pretty good option. No, no. What you actually have to do is you have to soap your hands up and then hold them up in the air, right, for several hours. hours. Yes, that's right. There you go. Well, and don't move. Don't wash them off. Don't use them. Just hold them up in the air. Let the soap sit there. It'll dry out, obviously, and then maybe that would be effective. But the I mean, how long do people really wash their hands? 10 seconds if you are effective. 15, 20 seconds if you really want to be good about it. Most people, right? if you sat in a bathroom with a stopwatch and you timed how long people wash their hands, I'd say generally I watch people five, six seconds at the most. All right. You should wash your hands for the amount of time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Are you going to sing it? No. <laughs> Would you like to sing? I love when you well, say nobody has you know a birth- that. Uh, nobody we know has a birthday. Right? I had a birthday. You had a birthday. I yes, did. happy birthday. Thank by you. The way, a while ago. Yes. Okay. Now, now some studies have suggested that this triclosan might actually <clears throat> be hazardous to your health. Or it's that it's not conclusive. But the Food and Drug Administration actually has asked the companies that use this stuff in their soaps study its safety more closely. Now. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm giving triclosan a pretty bad rap, but it's not useless everywhere. It's actually added to some toothpaste to prevent gum disease. And it might be an, an option, you know, of thinking about it as uh, a survi- in a survival setting, maybe mm-hmm. for an overnight bath for instruments if you have absolutely no other way to clean them. Oh, wow. But really... That would be very desperate. I would think so. Okay. I, I would prefer you guys to scrub your instruments with this soap and then boil them. If right. I if you don't have a fire and water, you you get in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> right. The bottom line is really, uh, if it doesn't work as hand soap should work, I mean it doesn't really make any sense for us to keep a supply of it. Right now, there's one other thing with triclosan: all those antibacterial soap suds wind up going somewhere, and your water source, your growing soil, is probably where they're going. Antibiotics, whether it's ones we take orally, ones we slather on ourselves, shouldn't be contaminating our environment. That's pollution, clear and simple, and it helps to breed more resistant bacteria. So just get regular bars of soap for your storage. They're still important aids in keeping your people clean. Oh, yeah. And if you can keep your people clean, you'll have a better chance keeping them healthy, even if the world's gotten sick. Absolutely, and I recommend bathing daily in situations like that. Okay, how are you going to bathe daily in a survival if scenario? If you can, you should bathe every day. Keep your clean, your shoes and your socks and your clothes clean and keep your body clean All right. and your teeth clean. And keep your camp near a waterfall, right? <laughs> so you can stand under the waterfall. Yes, that sounds brrr, wonderful. That's cold, you man. You know, Hawaii might not be a bad idea. Get some island there with a waterfall, lots of oh, fishing. If you like seafood. Awesome. That sounds absolutely awesome. We can pick the pretty flowers and make (laughs) necklaces. You're a pretty flower. Hey, it's time for us to take a break. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Joe Alton, MD, and Amy Alton, ARMP. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Joe Alden, MD of www.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 600 posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness. 
Along with my wife, nurse practitioner Amy Alton, we're the authors of the Amazon bestseller, The Survival Medicine Handbook, with over 200 five-star reviews. A disaster can strike at any time, and the ambulance may not always be heading in your direction. We've got an entire line of medical kits, supplies, and educational resources that can help you deal with injuries and illness in everything from a wilderness hike to the aftermath of a major disaster. Check them out at our shop at store.doomandbloom.net. In a disaster, you'll be glad you did. And we're back. You're listening to the Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And who? You were going to say Nurse Amy. No, I was going to say Nurse Amy. Oh, Actually, okay. I was going to say the whole thing, but oh. that's okay. You oh, can, I'm you, so sorry. You did an awesome job. Oh. <laughs> getting getting along still, even in my old age. Hey, you know. We try every day. Of course, you know, our prayers and thoughts go out to the people who were killed and injured, of course, and their families oh, uh, in San so Bernardino, California. Uh we have some news on on this. Uh, this Saeed Farouk reportedly has actually contacted at least two foreign terrorist organizations before he and his wife, Tashfeen Malik, gunned down 14 people at a South, Southern California office building on Wednesday. And, of course, the Islamic State Radio released an online statement saying two supporters of the terror group committed the attacks. And congratulations, yeah, they said, great. which is pretty... Lovely. Pretty incredible. Insane nut jobs. Uh, it, That's it, like the nicest thing I can say on radio. And the amazing thing is that the UPS is still getting packages for these people. Oh. Southern, yeah, police inspected a package at a Southern California UPS facility after a driver recognized the address on the mailing that was that of these of course, shooters. Right. And the county sheriff's office... Uh, Sent the bomb squad. They were able to determine that the item posed no threat. Turned out to be clothing of some sort uh-huh. uh, from a reputable vendor. Uh, and the authorities isolated it out of safety's sake. I don't of know. Of course. Because uh, U- it could be bomb parts or actual, you know, pre-made bombs. Exactly. Now, the, a UPS driver actually told the NBC Los Angeles that the shooters received packages very frequently. Matter of fact, every day for the last three months. Which, actually, well, like, we receive packages just about every day. Well, yeah, but I have a business. That's I, true. I get lots of packages, yeah. but the outside of them says gauze, bandages. What kind of business? Hyd- Monk, monkey business. <laughs> Hydro- hydrogen peroxide, um, toothpaste, <laughs> I don't, alcohol wipes. I, I don't think anyone's worried about us, honey. Well, this is my take on all this business here. I mean, this is now the new normal. The FBI says they've identified 82 separate threats, dealt with them this year, mm-hmm. and that's the ones they've actually found. What percentage do you think that is of the total? Right, you of know, course. Probably about 10%, maybe. If we're and, lucky. And this guy was apparently a very peaceful Muslim before he hooked up with this lady in Saudi Arabia. And, uh, you know, there just can't be any way that we've identified more than just a tiny percentage of the people that are really intent on causing us pain. So we got to get used to this. And they pretend to be normal. That's the That's thing. right. You're going to, oh, I'm, I'm so peaceful. I'm so peaceful. Yeah, you're so peaceful. Look what you did. I know. That was the fight that he got into, supposedly, from what I heard, before he went home and got his wife and did all this. He was fighting with someone who claimed, who said, who stated, I'm not sure, I wasn't there. 
something about Islam, Islam. not being a peaceful religion. religion. So he argues with the person that Islam is a peaceful religion and then goes home and comes back and murders people in cold blood. Wow. That's a way to win your argument. I know. It's, it would almost be, it would be like a joke that you would hear it, on a late right. night, you know. Like, right. Like something Johnny that Carson can't possibly be real. It's Jimmy a completely Fallon. made up story. There's no way that that would be the reaction. It's just amazing. It makes no sense to me. Well, you know, I got to destroy say, your argument. I know it's terrible. And, and what can what can you do? I mean, we I don't I believe mean, anybody I, in this government is I mean, going like, to profile. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm sorry. I just I just want to be clear that I'm not saying I believe that Islam is not a peaceful religion. I believe that within every religion, there are the peaceful folks. There are the people who might not be so peaceful and then there are the terrorists and probably every religion has their factions now catholics don't usually go out and murder people and baptists don't usually go out and murder people and the jewish religion doesn't usually go out and murder people so you know we have a little bit of a a run here and i'm sorry if we sound like we're picking on a certain religion but there are the folks in the news recently for the past, actually, few years to do mass murders in the name of this religion. And that's what's a little scary. Right. There are not a lot of other religions in which mass murders are being committed in the name of. In the name of a religion. Right. right. They're just right. crazy people. There are crazy people everywhere. And they right. could be Baptist. They could be Catholic. They could, but they're not no, but doing, they don't. they're not claiming while they're doing right. it or on social media that they're doing it because of. I'm a Baptist. A religious belief. Right. right? They're just doing it because they're nuts. Exactly. They're wackos. Well, I don't see the government profiling people for their religion. I mean, this is something ordinarily no. outside of our principles. And if, But if we don't do this, how are we going to identify more of these terrorists? You know, it's we're not a going to do a hard good, place. I mean, I'm, not, I'm saying that it's just not going to happen. So you better be able to defend yourself and to lend a hand to victims of right. future events like the San Bernardino shooting. Yes, I said future events. You know why? Because there are going to be plenty of them in the future and that's my opinion uh now i want to give you some my some ideas of on what you should be doing in an active shooter event now most the thing that's important to know is that most mass shootings end within a few minutes law enforcement is just not going to get there fast enough to help you if you happen to be at the scene so you better have a plan of action already ingrained in your head as to what you are going to do to get out that's right now the natural response for most people is to do what Nothing. Hide. Hard not to do anything. Eyes, right. d- eyes glazed over. Shock. Yes, it's exactly. shock. It's shock. Right. I, you know, it's shock. How did that just happen? Is that really happening? What is happening? Is what I think happening actually happening? There's a whole pro- uh, thought process that goes through most people. It's like when you get in a car accident. If you've gotten in a pretty significant car accident, the first few minutes of it. If you're conscious, you're trying to figure out what just happened. Even though it's obvious to the people who watched it happen that dude or lady, you just got in an, an accident. They're the they're standing outside of it. But when you're involved and something hits your car and you spin or you're jolted, you 
it takes you a few minutes. Now it can happen. You can't that, believe that this has actually right. happened to you. That could happen because your brain's bounced around your cranium, but most of the time that happens because of something called normalcy bias, something we've talked about many times, and right. that's the tendency for people to believe that everything is okay. Even if it's not okay. And, be- and a disbelief that this could actually... Right. Even if your brain starts to say, gee, I was just in a car accident. No, you couldn't possibly have been in a car accident. No, yeah, that actually probably was a car accident. Or I, I think I heard gunshot. No way. There's no way someone's in my business shooting. Right. So the, they think the day's going to proceed normally of because course. it us- usually does. Right. You know, so when a terrorist event breaks that pattern, the brain is unprepared to process this new situation right so people will think that the sound of gunfire would be firecrackers uh, a, a door slamming right, right. or a, you know a muffler popping a lot yeah. of times you'll, you'll hear a car right make a pop you know backfire, a sound. Back, yeah. that's the word backfire yeah or so, anything less something less threatening than someone out to kill you that's right someone dropped a bunch of packages right you exactly. know made a loud sound or someone slammed a door right there's so many things that kind of sound similar Sure. Unless you're used to hearing gunfire from a distance or from in another room, it's not something you're going to recognize. And even I'm not sure I would recognize it because I I do shoot a lot. We go practice for safety and, right. and make sure we we know how to do what we're doing. But I don't know that I've ever heard someone shooting in another room because when we're at the gun range, we're with everyone who's shooting. Right, and we're wearing ear protection too. You're and, wearing ear protection, but everyone's in the same room, so the the sound is very loud. It's usually just a few feet away from you, and if we're outdoors at the range, it, everyone's lined up. Right, but what what does it sound like if but somebody's doing it in another room in another with room, door shut or with down door the hall shut or down or, a hallway? Right, you know, we haven't really the heard that. The sound is is just not something we're used to, and I, I wouldn't recognize right. it right away. Now. This plan of action I was talking about. Let's mm-hmm. say if you don't have a plan of action, what are you going to do if something happens? What are, you're going to probably follow the herd, right? Now, we, we talked about what I just a second ago, about what I think would would happen is people would do nothing. Or in they the sh- might cower in the state of shock. or they might cower in fear under a table in plain view of the shooter. And if you are standing and in we've a, seen that on television right. a lot. There was that right. woman outside the cafe in right. Paris right. where the guy went up to her with the gun. Right. And she was right and just standing under misfired. the table. She was under a table. You couldn't see right. her right away. But he misfired and then something happened and he walked away. And you see her stand up from underneath the table. Right. And wait, she went to leave and turned around and grabbed her purse and then left. Okay, a lot of a, a number of Went mistakes back there. And got her a number purse. of mistakes there. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. I was that. like, oh my god. We'll talk about that in a second. But basically, if oh. you were standing in a room with fifty people, right, and everybody else suddenly dropped and got under a chair, what uh-huh. would you probably do? Most people, would unless follow. they were, You'd they would you do the same thing. Well, well right. also, you don't want to be the one standing because you're the one who's out of place. Right. Nobody wants to be the one out of place because right. you're probably where their eyes are going to be drawn. But, so I understand that. But if you have a plan of action, right. okay, you may not wind up doing the, what the rest of the crowd does, mm-hmm. and you might have a better chance of getting out of there in one piece. Right. Now, so what's your plan at the mall if you hear heard gunfire nearby? Okay, what so would you do mall, first? All right. Would you run? If so, where would you run? If you couldn't run, what would you do? These are things that you got to be thinking about, calmly and rational, 
like whenever you are in an area where there are a lot of people. That's what I say. You may not want to believe it, but that's the situation. That's what that's the new normal, and that's what you have to have a plan for. With an active shooter, what you do in the first few seconds may determine your final outcome. So give yourself a head start by having a better plan than the shooter, or at least a plan of action that exists that you can follow. Now, you should always know what's happening around you, whether you're in the grocery store or the mall or at a movie theater. We call this situational awareness. Everybody knows probably about this that's listening to the show, at least. You have to know where exits are. You have to get a fix for where gunshots are coming from if you hear them. You have to know if there's somebody that's appearing nervous or suspicious in your immediate area, Something, things that don't look right. Now, that sounds simple, but you know what? In this era of people with their face buried in their smartphones, there are very few people that are truly situationally aware, and these people who are not aware are going to be easy targets for the active shooter. As a matter of fact, the shooter is counting on everybody being like this. Now, have you ever seen a patron enter a restaurant through the door marked, let's say, employees only, Mm -hmm. or a movie theater from the fire exit? Yes. Yeah, have you ever? I, I see. I remember seeing one or two. Uh, that yes, happened one or I two do. times. And I always keep an eye on these people. This is a person you really mm-hmm. want to keep an eye on. In most cases, it means nothing. Right. Or you're going to manage to get in for a free show. But uh, <laughs> right. in rare instances, it could be, up, it could be somebody who's up to no good. Right. Now, th- those same little used exits, though, if you think about it, they could save your life, too. If you know where all the exits are, that then I would take the exit least used because most people are going to be trying to leave by the front door the way they came in, and that's just where the gunman expects them to go. So expect to find them right there, find the, the shooter right there. So find an exit away from the direction of gunfire. So now you have all this in your mind. So what are you going to do if you find yourself in the middle of a terrorist event? You should remember three words, run, hide, and fight. This is the order of the actions that you should be taking. Now, most people will hide as their first course of action. You, however, should run away from the direction of gunfire and through those exits you've been mentally marking as soon as you hear it. Right. Now, this will make it less likely that you and the shooter will cross paths. That's important. Now, you want to, if you're carrying anything, if you have stuff with you, forget about your stuff. It's only going to slow you down and face it. It's just stuff. Right. That's important to know. If you're in the line of sight of the shooter, run away at an angle or zigzag, make yourself a more difficult target. I know that's not a natural action you'd think of doing, but most shooters aren't marksmen. Right. They're not good. And they do say that your rate of survival is much higher if you don't run in a straight line. Exactly, yes. So it's important. That's proven facts, folks. Exactly, because... These shooters are usually not marksmen. They don't know how to lead a target. They'll, if the target is not just standing there or, I mean, if you're running straight away from them, then it's essentially as if you're standing still and they might hit you. And not only that, but they're probably going to be looking for the most vulnerable targets, the easy ones to shoot. Right. They which want... have fallen right down at their feet. Right. And we're right in front of them versus the person who is maybe even five or ten feet away who's now running. They want quantity, not quality. Right. Essentially. So right. this is this is the deal. So that's one thing you gotta do. You gotta run away and you run away at an angle or a zigzag in some way mm-hmm. if it's po- if you can think of of doing it. Right. You have to remember at to think of doing it. At least try to run no that's matter right. what. That's right. Now, a good citizen would yell for other people to follow, of course, and prevent others from entering the kill zone. But, of course, but 
Don't try to move or otherwise help the wounded despite your natural tendency to do so. you got to get out of there. Your priority is your safety. And becoming the next casualty doesn't do anyone any good. Right. Now, even the police will leave the injured for after the shooter they has did. been they neutralized. They specifically said that the police that arrived there first waited for a couple more to come. I think it was a team of five. They went in four or five. They said specifically they walked past the wounded right and kept going he said it was a horrible thing he had to do that they had to do it because they felt there was still a shooter in the building and they need to clear out the shooter and stop them from hurting other people now let's and they had to yes. keep going they didn't stop and say oh here's a tourniquet or here's some gauze they just kept going exactly That's- Exactly. That that's the deal. That's what that's they're, what that's they're what they supposed to, to do. do. They have to do that because they have to. Basically, they have to neutralize this guy. That's that's the main the main right. thing. By the way, if you're running away and you see the policeman coming towards the scene, do not run up to them and give them a big hug or anything like that. For goodness sake, what you need to do is let them do their job. And what you absolutely need to do, you have to have your, your hands, hands in the air. So they know that you, you don't have the a weapon in them and you are not the threat. You have to be very clear to them that you are not the threat. And if you've watched these um, videos of the, the people going out of buildings or the helicopter watching people coming out, even hostages that come out of, of areas have their hands up. So they are clearly not a threat. What can happen is if there are several... Um, bad people in there, they can blend in with the freed hostages. I think that's how these guys so from San Bernardino got out. No, they left before. They left. They left before. Before they were everything. gone. They were already gone when the police got there. Wow. Yes. But did they? I wonder if they had already left. They had left. The police didn't know that though. They had to clear the building and make sure that there, there wasn't shooting continuing. They were gone already. All right. So. What so let's say that hiding is not an option. I mean, running is not an option uh-huh. for you. Now that's what you should do. You should first thing you should run away, get the heck out of there. If there's only one exit though, and let's say the shooter is standing right in front of it, I mean, running might not be an option. And so your next choice is hiding. And so if that's the case, you got to get out of the shooter's line of sight. We call this being concealed uh-huh. but concealment is not necessarily covered there's actually a difference between the two mm-hmm. if you're concealed you can't be seen you might be able to see the shooter but a bullet if he sees you a bullet might penetrate your concealment and hit you mm-hmm. now if you found cover it means that you are both hidden and project uh, protected from projectiles that are headed okay. your way so something like concrete block yes right for example okay tree leaves or leaves of a bush Uh foliage is good concealment right but a tree trunk if it's thick enough enough, right might be cover might be better cover both okay right although the thing is you can't see through you might be able to see through a break in the leaves you are not going to be able to see through a tree trunk exactly now in a building if you'll say this happens in a building which is most likely Mm -hmm. hiding under a table in the same room as the shooter i think is a death sentence i don't (sighs) i think it's a big mistake Get into another room, preferably one with a door that you can lock. If there's no lock, put together a barrier with desks and chairs. Turn off the lights. Silence anything. your cell phone. Throw the computers, the yeah. desks, the right. chairs, the tables, anything. Right. Silence your cell phone 
so that you know you don't hear ringing oh, and, and stuff like that. People are probably going to be calling you to say, "Are you okay?" I heard there's something going on at the mall, and and you have to stay quiet. And if you can get an additional barrier, like a table, uh, or be in back of a table behind a locked door, or in in behind in a closet behind in a room that has a locked door, that would be great. Now, do not open the door until the event is over, because sometimes uh, these guys actually will say, "Help, help!" I you know open the door. Or, He's gone already, or something right, like that. Right, right. You know, and or so, pretend to be police officers. Or, right, exactly, exactly. So you know, be very skeptical of anybody coming and telling you that it's all right every time to come out. I mean, well, so what have you done by doing this? You've just made yourself a harder target to acquire for mm-hmm. the shooter, right? right? He wants to do his damage as fast as possible. He's going to pass you by to find easier game. Mm-hmm. And so remember, these guys want to kill a lot of people in a short amount of time, and they're not going to stand in front of the door to this right. locked room. And, and kick it yeah. and shoot it and spend, and, right, a, spend yeah, a lot of time, time trying, trying to get to do it. it. Unless right. they think that that's the only place that people are. I mean, if they have other people they can see, they're going to head towards the other people and they're going to go right. and deal with them. Right. So that's the thing. Now... Let's say mm-hmm. you can't run and there's no reasonable hiding place. The only thing that you can is you're in the same room as a shooter. Or you can get under a chair mm-hmm. and just wait for him to shoot you in the head, but you might have to fight yourself out of there. Right. Maybe that is a decision you might have to make. I mean, if you're unarmed, you still might be able to subdue an attacker. I mean, remember three young unarmed men were able to do it to a shooter on a train in Paris. Right. Uh, a little while ago. I mean, it's a last resort, but it might end up without it being fatal to you if you do something. If you don't do something, well, the shooter's going to have a clear shot to your head, and then you're probably going to die. But That's if you, like the people who were on the the airplane that crashed before it got yeah, to... Let's, yes, Flight 93. Yes. Yes. I mean, they're, they fought. Do something. They fought back. Right. Right. And in that case... All of them, unfortunately, died because they were in an airplane right. that was but they, crashing. But they saved probably a lot hun- more hundreds, people. maybe thousands more lives, right. depending on where it was headed. But you might be able to save yourself by resisting if you have no other choice. If you can't run and you can't hide, then you've got to resist. Either that or you might die. Right. If you fight, it might just be harder to be hit with a fatal shot. Exactly. Now... It'd be great if you knew martial arts and all that stuff, but any type of aggression against a gunman will probably disrupt their flow and put you at a little bit of an advantage. Well, what they're what you're now doing is you're shocking them, right? And they've got to figure out what just happened because they didn't expect it. Exactly. So you got to remember that you're also giving you know the surprise to them as well. Right. If you can, I would charge this guy from the side or rear, and you have to go for the or, weapon. Or wait, not just the guy now. It's the guy or the gal. Or the gal, Appar- right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, uh, President Obama says uh, we were afraid of uh, women and children. Well, I mean, women are, are part of the thing. They can be warriors, too. I mean, there are, uh, you know, uh, elite soldiers in our army that are are females. So if the, if that can happen here, there can they can have soldiers in their army, quote unquote, also. So so that's absolutely yeah, it's right. Not, not just men. All right, but let's talk about this again. Now, yes. if it's harder to be shot at if you're running at if somebody's charging you from the rear or from the side, it's probably going to be a little harder to shoot them than somebody is going that you're 
you're running that's running straight at your front. Right. So that's one thing. If you have help, everybody should attack at the same time from different directions, and you should be throwing things at him as you're doing that. Things that he has to dodge. That's right. And so, I mean, think about all of this type of all this sensory input this guy has this shooter has to process he's got to process things that are being thrown at him he's got to process there more maybe more than one person going from different angles at him this guy is probably not james bond okay i mean he's going to be disconcerted he's not Mm -hmm. going to be able to handle multiple threats at once and still be a 100 percent accurate shot and so that's one thing that I think people don't realize. I mean, you don't have to just assume that you're going to die as a result. I mean, you might. There's a possibility. But, right. you know, especially if you have multiple people, then that is not always a guarantee that you won't get out of there. Now, the important thing is that once you, you know, if you manage to reach the guy, grab the weapon. If you grab the weapon, at least you can contend. If you can't get it away from him, you can at least contend for where it's pointed and so i think that that's pretty important if you manage to disrupt the shooter or better gotten the weapon out of his hands start inflicting damage on him i mean ruthlessly don't hold back until the guy is either dead or stop moving completely that is something that's important to understand that you're in a fight for your life right fingernails and the eyeballs right yes exactly i mean few people find them bite the throat i'm serious we're talking about Fight to the death, because they were out to kill you. True that. Well, you know what? Luckily, few people hopefully will ever find themselves in the midst of a terrorist attack like the one at San Bernardino, but more are coming. I strongly believe that, and you need a plan of action for active shooter situations. Carry your gun, folks. Get your concealed weapons license, and don't be without some sort of weapon, even if it's not a gun. A knife, pepper spray, whatever you can legally carry where you are, have something, something you can use. It's part of life in the new normal, and those with a plan are going to have a better chance to survive this event and, of course, many other disasters in the uncertain future. Now, I just wanted to say that you're putting together um, some... Small, portable medical kits that could be used carried very simply in a purse even in a back pocket in a jacket right. pocket um easily lightweight simple simple products that can be opened up and used to stop people from bleeding to death right we're talking about stab wounds gunshot wounds not my complete gunshot kit which still only weighs a little less than two pounds but a, something um, a little bit bigger than a cell phone and probably about two inches thick. Right. So I think that's what you need. Very small. I, I think it's important for those kinds of materials to be available. If, if you, people don't carry them on their own, they should be an easy to, they should be actually almost a requirement to have them in easy to find locations in just about any office building, every floor of a, of a school building. Uh, your office desk in your car absolutely we're we're talking about simple ingredients like some gloves maybe one one pair of gloves two pairs of gloves um a a piece of gauze some sort of gauze doesn't have to be sterile if that's not working you need to get a blood stopper you need to have something like a sealox product or a quick clot 
You need to have a tourniquet, some sort of tourniquet. And you should have a pressure dressing to put over the C-locks that you've just applied. Those items, and then there, you know, some of them, other things are possible. Items nice to have, but that is the requirement. I just wanted to say that um, we regularly recommend the soft tea tourniquet. We like that because it's very durable and it's very solid. But the soft, very solid. The one problem with the soft tea tourniquet is, is with kids that are young, little kids. Tiny arms. I had this problem with an elderly woman. I wanted to see if it would measure appropriately to her, and I tightened up. I tried both the cat and the soft tea, and I had difficulties. She, I have never seen an arm this thin except on, like, a two-year-old. She was a bone with skin, Hmm. just uh, emaciated arms. There's zero muscle on those arms, and I, I couldn't fit it. It wouldn't tighten up on her. So there are alternatives to the soft tea and the cat tourniquet. And um, I think you wanted to talk about... Yeah, I wanted to talk about one that we received from uh, uh, Brock Blankenship, a physician and president of the SWAT tea company. SWAT tea, right. That's right. And uh, Brock sent us a few uh, samples of the SWAT tea. And the SWAT tea is essentially just a big giant... I think we've shown this on our video cast, too. Yes, a big giant rubber band, I guess. Not a rubber band, but a a length of rubber. Stretchy, 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 stretchy. Um, I would say this is four four inches. Yeah, about four inches wide. Yep, which is a good size. We've talked about the width of tourniquets, and you always want to have something that is at least an inch wide. The wider, the better. So nothing thin, no cordage, um, not a, a charger for computers. You don't want to use um, paracord. You don't want to use Anything that's thin. You definitely want something thick so you don't cut through the skin. Uh, but this can be used on this lady, this right. woman that I could not use the soft tea tourniquet on because it just wouldn't tighten up on her. There was no way. It can be used on small children. Right, exactly. Teenagers, young kids, infants even. I mean, this is a tourniquet that can be used for anyone. And SWAT basically stands for uh, uh, stretch, wrap, and tuck. Right. So stretch, wrap, and tuck. That's SWAT. And basically, it is just simple to use. They have the the instructions and pictures. They're all in pictures as well, right on the tourniquet itself. And it's something that is... I like the visual cues. Seems pretty sturdy to me. That what they did was they put a picture of an oval, and then they put a picture of a circle. And they basically told you that you need to make the oval print look like the circle next to it. And so if you could stretch it out enough to make the oval turn into a circle, then you were tightening it enough. So there's a visual clue, of course, there's the word stretch, wrap, and tuck printed in big letters over and over and over and over on this. So you can't mess this up, that's for sure. That's right. So we really appreciate uh, Brock Blankenship sending, by the way, who was a uh, U- U.S. Air Force uh, pararescue man. Mm-hmm. So we pre- thank you for your service, Brock. Uh, and 
he is uh, currently an emergency med- medical physician, so good for him for I know. for doing all that training and got all that education. I know, I know what you went through, brother. Oh yeah, and it is something that uh, a pretty cool product, and it's a product, as I said, that's very useful. It's not terribly expensive or anything like that, and I think it's uh, certainly an option for you and you're considering especially i think it's especially good for schools right absolutely you you can't mess it up you really can't mess it up is if you can read or you can see the pictures on it you can figure out how to use this it's not complicated in any way um so it's definitely an option very lightweight portable and small and that's another positive thing about it so that is pretty much all we have for today, guys. Uh, this has been the, the survival. Go ahead. I'm waiting for. I was waiting for you there. The survival medicine hour with Doctor Bones and Nurse Amy. Hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving last week. That's right. And oh, I want to just say that uh, the lovely Nurse Amy is. Offering free shipping. For $50 or over. Free $50 orders or over. Anything in the store. Yeah, the, so. Well, the board game has free shipping. So that is $49, but it's already got free shipping. And it now comes with the miniatures. Right, a whole set of eight miniatures of right. all the characters in the games. So that's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week.